Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to the Cotton Club crew. This is part two of our episode, kind of bringing football season to an end. Um, we will have another episode talking more specifically about the bold matchup, at least maybe an interview. That's We're working on that. But this is kind of... Be one of our final episodes. If you were listening to our previous one, we talked about the season overall, kind of the bad taste in your mouth left by Texas, the the state of the program, what the year kind of looked like. This part of the episode, this two part episode, is going to be talking about bowl season. We're going to talk about our matchup a little bit. We're going to break it down more in detail later, but we're going to be talking about what it means to be in a bowl game and what it's like for the team to get that those extra practices, and and what what is it. What do we think of the Big 12's bowl slate and some of the controversy around the college football playoff? We'll touch on all of that in this episode. And then when you hear from us again down the line for football, we'll be talking more specifically about Cal. But let's start with that first kind of idea, which is what does it actually mean to have gotten to the bowl season for the third consecutive time back to back under Coach McGuire? Joe, let's start there. Well, it's massive. That's This is where the, the standard is built. This is where you want to at at least this is where everybody sh- mean like the medium goal should be or the or nothing less than a bowl as long as we're bowling we're doing something right and you want to eventually get to the higher bowl games those new year six bowl games all of those games like that but just bowling is always you know going to be the benchmark and that's where you want to be obviously we when we had leech we were there consecutively, always there. I mean, it was almost without a doubt that we were going bowling that year when he was our head coach. And now it's starting with that trend with McGuire. Two years running now under his under his leadership and the brand that we are going bowling. And, you know, let's keep it up. That's, that's like I said, that's your benchmark. This is where you want to be every year, at least bowling. And then you go on into the next. So, as long as this trend continues, I, I see nothing but good things going for Tex, but I don't want to see the six and six bowl seasons. I would rather see like a nine and three or an eight and four, one of those kinds of bowl seasons, which I believe will get there. But this is this is a nice consolation prize. So we're going bowling for the third year in a row, second under McGuire. And this is, like I said, this is where you want to be um, around this time of the year instead of looking for players and getting ready prep for the next year's season. The I, I talked about this in our last episode, and I've talked about this a few times now, including written an article about it. But it just it means something to be consistently able to say that you're a bowl program. You know, that that's kind of the minimal level of success for any program to be able to say that they make it every year, it, it matters. And it, it matters from, recruiting pers- uh, from a recruiting perspective. It matters just in general to say that you hit the benchmark that you're, you're not sitting on the couch come December. And like you said, it isn't great to do it off a six and six season. You'd much rather be eight and four, nine and three, 10 and two, whatever, you know, the case may be, if you're going to be 
not out. If you're going to be out of the playoff and in bowl season, that's where you want to be. The upper tier bowls. You want to be heading towards the New Year's Six bowls. And it's tough to know that you're once again relegated to a crappy bowl, um, and it's going to be poorly attended, frankly. Um, because Cal ain't going to travel for this. But it, it's still a big deal for the program to do it for the third straight time. It's a big deal to say that this is now, we have now gotten to the point where we can comfortably say that anything less than a bowl season is completely unacceptable because the program is beyond that. And, you know, you talk about what was Mike Leach best at was he kind of got from this point to a point where Tech was starting to compete more seriously in conference play. But it starts here. It starts with your ability to say, we meet the minimum expectation every single season. There is no doubt we will be six wins or better each year, um, barring catastrophe. So that that's a great place to start for any program that's trying to get off the mat like Tech is. Um, but it is disappointing to be doing it after a letdown of a year. And it there, it, it isn't wrong to feel extremely disappointed, you know, because you should – after last season where you maybe overachieved a bit, it feels like this year you drastically underachieved and you were so close to getting to that next rung and the ladder, getting that eight, nine, 10 win rung that, you know, it, it really hurts to be stuck playing in Shreveport against Cal. And uh, frankly, you know, who gives a shit bowl game? Uh, it, it's, it's hard to even get that excited about a matchup like this, you know, by the grace of God, you get to play a power five team. You're not playing a group of five team. You're not playing in a, a somewhere your alumni base can't get to. It's going to be a all tech crowd. It's probably going to be 30% full and it's going to be a good time for the team. They're going to have a good time practicing together, getting more reps together. And that's the other big thing is that it can't be understated how important it is to get extra practice, which is why having this early bowl kind of sucks because you don't get as many practices as you would if this was say December 29th or, or December 27th, whenever that like next slate up group power five bowls is. So, but still it's extra practice, extra time together. It's more time to keep guys in front of you. It's more time to tweak what you do to learn more about yourself as a staff and, and show recruits um, more what you got going on as we approach early signing day. So, you know, it, it, it is a positive step. It just isn't maybe the big one you wanted to take this year, but it is one nonetheless. Now, let's let's get into the matchup a little bit. We're not going to spend too terrible amount of time talking about this right now. We're going to have other episodes breaking down Cal much more in detail. But let's just give the instant, I think, reaction to finding out if you're going to play Cal Bear, Joe. What's your what's your your you got the Golden Bears? It's it's going to be, like I said, it's not going to be a well-attended bowl game, but it's going to be a heavy tech contingent that's going to fill it out. Uh, what do you think about this match? What was your immediate thought uh, after hearing about it? My immediate thought was shit. Fucking Shreveport. Are you serious right now? Um, it's not, it's to your point, it's not going to be a whole lot of, a whole lot there. I would really like to see more than 50% occupancy there, wherever at whatever stadium that is there in Shreveport. Um, I don't expect the Cal bears to travel well, either to said bowl game. There may be some in attendance, but I don't expect it to be a lot. So, I mean, I wasn't necessarily thrilled that it was this game. I was really hoping for that first responders bowl or the other one there in TCU. Um, so, you know, more of the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex area could go and sell that game out and have a solid tech game there to let, you know, to to send out the guys that aren't coming back potentially out 
the right way with a bowl victory and then in a full house. And that I, I just don't see that happening. Um, ultimately, like I said, it wasn't, it wasn't the bowl choice that I wanted. I am ready for the bowl game, extra practices, see some new faces out there. I think the entire roster's opened up. So plan on seeing a whole lot of fresh faces out there that we haven't seen a whole lot of this year. And let's just go. I mean, you have a six and six Cal Bears football team who are very similar in some regards to us. You know, they played some good teams close and then they've laid eggs and then they've got curb stomped, you know. So we'll see what happens and we'll talk about that as as that game comes closer along. But I, I wasn't thrilled. I was just like, here we go. The 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 bowl game we didn't want, we got. So um we'll we'll take it. And hopefully we'll end this year with a dub. Yeah, I'm having, I ordinarily get fairly excited for bowl season. Um, I like this time of year. The matchups are unique. There's a lot of great matchups. The games are, I mean, it, it, they, it's random isn't the right word, but it's almost random because it's all about who do you have actually wanted to play and how motivated is your team and how do your systems match up and yada, 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 yada. But the the this year I just I'm not feeling this game. I, I just I don't care at all about Cal. Um, they don't care at all about Tech. There's there's no juice here. There's no momentum. There's no positives to be gained winning a bowl game like this. I I mean other than just kind of it's nice to win your last game. It's just it it, it would have been great to get one of the bowls that would have put tech in like frisco or wherever the hell some of those were where you would have had great matchups in front of a very raucous cloud i remember a few years ago when shimanek and the boys went and took on usf and it had the same feel where it just didn't it just wasn't that watchable i mean it, it, it's just not that exciting not that fun it's a crappy venue it, look but at the end of the day you win who's in front of you you, you get the W, you move on, you get a little bit of momentum into your offseason, and you beat a Power 5 team, so congrats, I guess. I mean, it's Cal, who has had about two good seasons in the last 25 years, one of which with Jared Goff, so, you know, I, I just, it's hard for me to get super pumped up about this. It's hard for me to really muster up much emotion at all. You know, I've, I've heard from some Tech fans that, like, they're just not going to watch, and you know, I, I don't agree with that perspective. I'll watch, I'll be right there, and I'll be rooting my ass off for them, but I do get the sense that this is a letdown bowl, so I I think that overall, you know, it, it is disappointing and it, the crowd's going to be quiet. It's going to be a kind of a crappy venue and, you know, it just, you know, it's just not it. I mean, this is what happens when you're six and six, you don't get to go do the really fun games. You're not the most desirable team. Um, it is a bit surprising that tech didn't end up in Frisco or one of those bowls because the, you know, your alumni base is so massive in those areas, but you know, that's what you get for being six and six. So, you know, you take what you can get, at least you're not playing like a lower tier group of five team. You are playing a power five conference member um, heading to the ACC shortly. So that that's something but, you know, you don't recruit against Cal. You just don't. So this is mostly about the practices, I think, is the biggest thing. And a little bit of momentum in the offseason boosts everybody's spirits a bit after a tough year. So there's stuff to play for and stuff to win. But my immediate reaction was one of kind of disappointment, just because I knew it was going to be. I just couldn't. After what happened against Texas, I knew I wasn't going to be able to get the juices going for bowl season for Tech uh, like I normally do, just because it just 
left such a bad taste in your mouth in that game that you really felt like you're, you needed to win. But that you did bring up an interesting point. And I want to get get into it a bit. We're going to be seeing a lot of new faces for Tech. You know, your your top two receivers are not going to play in this game. A couple of depth receivers, a couple of depth offensive linemen not going to play. We'll see who else transfers in and out. It sounds like Taj Brooks is planning to play. Joe, what does it mean to get to see maybe some of the guys who will form the the bulk of your future now that you're starting to see some guys you know opt out to enter the transfer portal yeah uh, it's huge it's massive for this football program these are going to be some of the household names that we're going to be hearing for the next two to three years you know we're we're replacing our entire secondary after this game you know tyler owens all those guys dunlap williams um taylor demerson and baskerville i believe is they're all gone so these are all guys that we're going to have to replace with fresh faces you know lux marion horn brendan jordan chapman lewis all these guys are going to get their shot and their opportunity to be playing back there and i think it's huge especially on the defensive side you know i i take it as as good you know this is the future this is these are mcguire's guys these are these are Blanchard's guys. These are all of those those coaches. These are their guys that they recruited here. So I'm really excited on the defensive side and the, the back end on our secondary. And I'm equally excited as those receivers that we're going to start working in there as well. The names that I mentioned earlier, DJ Kress, Falson, and um, what was the other? Jesus, I just went blank. Um, but those guys are going to be, you know, the the future of this program these are going to be the guys that are out there with micah hudson and with some of those other receivers and other playmakers that we have on both sides of the ball so i'm i'm ready for it it's it's going to be nothing but good for this for this football team to get some fresh faces out there because i mean change is good you know that that happens with football you know you have players coming in in and out some graduate, some transfer, and it's the next man up mentality. And these, some of these freshmen have been chopping at the bit. There's some of them are redshirt freshmen that have been waiting patiently to to see some meaningful action out there. And you know they're going to be hungry. They're going to want to show what they could do, just so people, you know, don't necessarily write them off in the off season and in the spring moving into next year. It's going to be cool, I think, to see some of that, uh, especially in the receiving group. You know, you, 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 you're going to have to see a lot of guys play a lot of minutes, and I think you're going to see some cats that you haven't really seen much of all year. I mean, your top two options are not going to play in this game. You know, Koi can be, and I think, your third option in terms of total yardage. Um, so you're going to see a lot more of, of who does Baron Morton feel comfortable going to in these situations? Because now you got to start building new relationships with new guys. Um, and that's going to be pretty neat. You talked about a lot of names in the back end that you got to replace, and you're going to have to see a lot of guys step up. And you're going to see, I mean, shit, the interior defense is going to be gone. I think both Hutchings and Bradford, at least Hutchings is gone for sure. So, you know, you're, you're talking about like a total rebuild of a lot of your defensive units. You're going to have to have a lot of guys play a lot of big minutes down the line. I mean, Steve Linton's done, I think too. So like, you're, you're talking about a lot of guys that you've got to go replace. Um, Taj Brooks being another, like, who's your auxiliary back, right? Like, are we going to finally see some more of Cameron Valdez getting touches with Taj exiting the program, even if he plays in this game? which I think he will 
by all accounts, playing this one, try to boost his draft stock a bit since he's not a, a guaranteed draft pick right now, which is a crime. But, you know, that's another story for another day. Now, how much are Cameron Valdez are you going to see, right? You know, you're going to see a lot of guys playing a lot of minutes. You're going to see a lot of guys doing some different things. And you're going to get the, a look at some of the people who are going to make or break next season. Um, good, bad, or indifferent, you know, you're going to be turning over a lot of spots. Like I said, I, I, I'm not fully up to date with all of your eligibility situation with all the COVID crap and injuries and all that jazz. But I think Bradford's gone. I think Hutchins gone. I think Linton's gone. Uh, uh, Baskerville's gone. Um, I don't know Tyler Owens' situation, but he's got to be nearing the end of his eligibility. Um, you're, you're losing um, on the offensive side of the ball just a whole host of players. I mean, so many guys you're having to retool pretty much the entire offense it's just it's just it's time it's unfortunate to be hitting kind of a reset in year going into year three but you are resetting a bit um and you're going to see some of the the faces that make that possible in this bowl game i'm not saying by the way you're going to want to win this game joey mcguire is not going to throw this game to play you know x freshman or x sophomore but you're going to see a lot more guys get a lot more minutes and especially the receiving group with the guys opting out you're going to see faces that you haven't seen a lot of getting a lot of touch is, um, which is a good thing, frankly, for that group and for the program overall to start seeing some guys get some role, uh, some minutes. You know, I, I think that this is a matchup that Tech should win, and it's a game that you should win despite everything else going on. But it's going to be important to see, you know, who's got some dog in them, who's got some fight in them, who, who cares the most about the brand and the program and all that, um, and can really get job done. All right, let's talk about the Big 12 Bowl games. We're kind of nearing the end of this episode, but let's talk about the Big 12 slate here real quick, Joe. Which games are you most excited to watch? Oh, man, there's a there's a handful of games that have really caught my eye. Um, Alamo Bowl, um, Oklahoma, and Arizona is one I have circled the on December 28th, the 10-2 and two Sooners against the Nine and three Wildcats of Arizona there in San Antonio. That's that's a big game for me. That's that's one of those games that I have circled for as far as the Big 12 Bowl slate. Oklahoma State and Texas AM getting back at it. You know, that's another big bowl game, December 27th. There in Houston, you know, that's going to be a a heavily AM crowd with a lot and Oklahoma State travels well as well, or travels well. Um, also, so that's going to be a m- big game for me. Um, my, my under the radar game is going to be Car- North Carolina and West Virginia in the Duke's Mayo Bowl. Should be an interesting game there playing in Carolina's backyard in Charlotte. So a lot of Carolina blue going to be out there. And then obviously the Sugar Bowl. I mean, as bad as I hate Texas, um, this matchup is is very intriguing to me there in that college football playoff semifinal there in in the Superdome in New Orleans. Um 13 and 0 Washington Huskies against the 12 and 1 Texas Longhorns. I mean that's that's as good as it gets. I mean, like I said, I'm not ever going to say they're back, but I mean they're playing damn good football right now. Um not the greatest, but they are getting the job done whenever it, when they're being asked and called upon. So that's going to be a hell of a football game. Um, those are going to be some of my bigger games at that Pop-Tarts Bowl with Kansas State and NC State is intriguing as well. Um, don't know a whole lot about NC State's year other than their 9-3 and three and how Kansas State has played this year with seeing them. So a lot, a lot of football games to be played. So 
Uh, my big ones, like I said, are that Valero Alamo Bowl game is probably going to be the biggest one that I have personally um, circled for the bowl season. I I think my biggest one is probably, I mean, it's tough because there are a lot of good games. The Big 12's got a lot of competitive bowls. Um, but I really think that one of the cooler ones is going to be West Virginia UNC. Um, I think that's kind of an interesting one because West Virginia fans are still not super happy with how this season I think went considering how weak the conference was overall and what they were wanting to see from Neil Brown, but they still finished eight and four, despite, you know, a lot of grumbling about it. And I think a win over North Carolina, the Mac Brown's boys um, will make them feel substantially better about Neil Brown and their program. Granted, I think North Carolina is going to beat them, but you know, that that's one I think to watch because that's Neil Brown is still not out of the woods yet in terms of the hot seat, you know, lose that bowl game stumble into next year. He's, he's, he can get warm in a hurry. Um, the, the, the Alamo Bowl is an interesting one. I think Arizona is liable to crush Oklahoma, especially with Dylan Gabriel exiting the program. You know, they're, they're going to be without their quarterback. It's going to be easy money, I think, for the Wildcats to get that one done. But it's still a fun game. And then, of course, the playoff between uh, uh, Texas and Washington is going to be an interesting one to watch because despite all of Washington's success, I still get the sense that people think of them as like not worthy and an underdog. So, you know, I'm, I'm really excited to see what Michael Penix and them do against the Texas secondary. That's frankly really bad. You know, like that, that defense is built around its defensive line. So if they protect Penix, this could be a very surprising outcome for, for uh, a lot of folks watching that game, but there's a lot of good games. I mean, other than really, I think really Iowa state got kind of the short end of the stick here. Um, I, I don't think that Iowa State is, is a great game. You know, they get Memphis, Memphis is nine and three, but it, it's an AAC game. It's, it's not an, that exciting of a bowl, you know, but I think they're kind of still just kind of happy to be there considering how bad this year was supposed to go and the success they kind of had, but that's one that I'm a little bit lower on. I'm not, I think that's a little bit less watchable. Um, I think Iowa State's a, a pretty heavy favorite there for a reason. But overall, I think the Big 12's got some great bowls. Um, and if you're looking around and you're looking at like some of your future conference mates, you know, Utah has Northwestern. You know, no Cam Rising kind of derailed their season from the start. That should be pretty easy. Arizona, of course, has Oklahoma, uh, uh, Colorado, and Arizona State, of course, not in the bowl season. Both of them were two of the worst teams in the FBS level. But you know, it, it's it's interesting overall, kind of where everybody stands going into you know the new new Big Twelve. So a lot of fun bowls to watch. Bowl season's a great time, and it's always a, I I well, I'm not as excited about the Tech Bowl as I have been in years past when you've had, gotten one. You know, the relief of like Sunday coming to get you a bowl or last year where you had uh old miss and it was in houston and i was i went to the game it was very exciting fun blah 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 but you know i i overall bowl season's always a tremendous amount of fun there's a lot of clashes of styles and system and storyline but joe i want to we're going to close our show here and we're going to talk about the controversy in the college football playoff because i want to get your cent, two cents on this um florida state left out and there has been a visceral and passionate blowback against the committee about this decision and kind of the standard that maybe wasn't applied fairly. What are your thoughts here about what happened to Florida state? I mean, this is the reason why they expanded it. You know, this is why they're ch making some changes because of these, these kinds of games or these kind of records and strength of schedule, who went where, who won where it's, it's a fine line for me. I mean, Somebody was going to get left out, right? Of course you wanted it to be Texas to be left out. I mean, personally speaking for myself, I mean, that's what you want, right? You know, 
it's it's tough. I mean, the committee's in such a tough tough position there. You know, do you want to cater to the SEC and put Georgia and Bama back in there? What are you doing with Michigan? Washington's here, and then you have Big Twelve champion Texas Longhorns, who did beat the the Crimson Tide earlier in the year. I mean, there's just so much thought that goes into all of these decisions. I mean, I'm not a huge fan of how it played out. I really would have liked to see Florida State in there. But then again, I mean, Texas did deserve the spot just as much so as the Seminoles. It's just a really tough spot to be in as a uh, a member of that committee. Because like I said, you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. I mean, you leave Texas out, you imagine what kind of outcry the people in Austin would have had from missing the college football playoff. And vice versa, you know, you left out Florida State and they're crying the same way the Longhorns would be if the roles were reversed, because I think those are the two biggest teams there that that you would have flip flopped, I guess, in the grand if you're looking at it from the outside. Um, But like I said, I'm okay with it. I'm not a huge like a big fan of it. But I mean, those are tough decisions that need to be made and they they made it that way accordingly. I don't want to pretend this was easy because it obviously wasn't. And I think that's something that needs to be said first, that th- this was the hardest year by a wide margin for the committee. Normally, this shit kind of sorts itself out. I have said this the last couple of weeks when I've been talking to people about it. That, like The committee usually gets it right because like it kind of just shakes out one way. Um, but this was clearly the wrong decision. And I mean, it's clearly the wrong decision for any number of reasons. And I'll start with the most obvious one being that like Florida state's punished for not having its quarterback because the guy who was not going to play against Michigan didn't play very well against Louisville, right? Like roadmaker was going to be back for the Michigan game. Um, And on face value, like, to punish them so severely because you watched a kid who had never played before who will not play again in, in the playoff and be like, ah, clearly they, they just don't have it. The game, they dominated by it, mind you. It was something like an 80% win expectancy throughout the entire Louisville game. I mean, they crushed them just by completely snuffing what is a very good Louisville offense. So, you know, like it, it just was wrong for that. Or you can get into the fact that like Bama's not punished at all for one, getting their ass handed to him at home and two, looking like crap half the season. I mean, look, Florida State wasn't always the most dominant thing, but the reason you win every game and you're supposed to be rewarded for that is it doesn't matter if you win close as long as you're winning everything. That's the leeway. You're allowed to look bad a couple of games if you don't lose. And Bama lost and wasn't punished at all for the tough performance against. I mean, the game against Auburn alone is enough to have disqualified them as like, oh, they're just clearly superior. I mean, really? Auburn's really, really bad. I mean, New Mexico State boat race to Auburn. It was not as close as the final score suggested. And we're supposed to believe that like, it doesn't matter that Bama needed a prayer to beat him or, or that Bama looked terrible for like the first seven games of the year, including that matchup with USF where like they were losing through one quarter, ended up winning by two scores against a six and six USF team in one of the ugliest games of the year. I mean, it's just a joke and it's really unfortunate that the committee decided since last year just to make it the, the, the tinfoil hat committees had a point all, all the entire time. Like ESPN picks these matchups for money and blah, blah, blah. This was the clearest one where they had their thumb on the scale. Uh, it was infinitely more promotable to put Michigan against Alabama than it was a, a banged up Florida State team against Michigan. 
and they just wanted to sell tickets. They wanted to sell ratings. They wanted to sell ads. So it, it, it's really unfortunate the committee decided here at the last breath to be so unbelievably bad at their jobs. Um, and the, the article put out by I, uh, Heather Dinch, I think is her name, but you know, she's, she has no credibility as a reporter anyways, right? Like she is just a stooge for ESPN and has been her entire career. You know, she's, I respect a lot of the folks who work at ESPN who survived all their coals and a lot of them do great work. Heather's not one of them, you know, her old only job is to get quote unquote scoops where they need a PR piece put out. So somebody tells her something we already all know to try to sell like a bad decision. This is what she put out an article. They're doing just that talking about like, ah, you know, they watched the game and it became apparent like what they had to do. And it was such a hard decision, blah, blah, blah. No, no. Uh, ESPN had about $50 million on the line to get this one um, done. And you, you think they didn't weigh in. You're out of your damn mind. So, you know, it just sucks there at the end. And it sucks for Florida state. And it takes a lot to make Florida state likable. Right. Like they are such a shithole program, just thoroughly unlikable as people, thoroughly unlikable from a football standpoint. I hate Florida State. I never root for the Knowles. But it's impossible not to feel bad for, you know, a team did what it was supposed to do and they got beat. So I just wanted to give Joe and I a chance to weigh in on that. We're going to close out here. Um, we're going to have more episodes breaking down Calibit in detail, as well as more and more basketball content as that season continues to heat up. Um, you'll still be hearing quite often from us despite the end of football season. Um, Reckham, guys, enjoy the rest of your week. Get ready for the bowl game on the 16th. Um, hopefully some of you are able to go. It, I think it, it's a lot of fun if you've never been to a bowl game and you're thinking about going. You know, this one won't be quite as crazy as the one in Houston was. That was insane. But it's still like a fun environment to go. Um, and hopefully enough people go that it isn't, you know, a ghost town on television. So enjoy the game, though, guys. Enjoy the rest of your week and enjoy bull season. Wreck them.